0: Is broker-dealer technology better than RIA technology? That is today's question on the transition to RIA question and answer series. It is question number 81. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. Uh, If you're not already there, if you head on over to to TransitionToRIA.com, you can find all the resources I make available from this entire series in video format, podcast format. I have articles, I have white papers, all kinds of resources to help you better understand the RIA model and what it would mean for your practice. Again, Transition to RIA.com. Okay, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the technology differences between the broker-dealer model and the RIA model. And the reason this is such an important topic is because of the impact that technology has on your practice, the efficiency of how you can run your practice, the kinds of services or, or, or service offering you can provide to your clients, Technology is extraordinarily important and will only continue to be extraordinarily important as new innovations, new technologies come along, how can you uh, or what can you provide for your clients? And also, what are what is your competition potentially providing for the client? So very important topic, are you going to be able to access the best technology and, and kind of where can you access the best technology? Again, to make your practice efficient? To to uh, add on to the service offering of, or the value proposition you're providing to your clients, very important will remain very important going forward as well. Uh, so that's why I want to make the episode on today. Now, for starters, this the answer to this is oftentimes a big misconception out there in the marketplace. So there are folks that will tell you that the broker dealer technology is better than the RIA technology. And I'm here to tell you that is a giant misconception. Um, and you for starters, you have to be careful about who is telling you that misconception. So if you are at a large, for instance, warehouse firm, they will naturally tell you the technology is better where you are at because they do not want you leaving and going into the independent space or into the into the RIA model. Uh, so they will tell you, oh, our technology' is better, and that's either because they're just straight lying to you because they they don't want you to leave, or perhaps they've never, they've never experienced what the other side themselves looks like, whether that's a branch manager or someone a corporate executive or, or whatever the case is. So they themselves don't know any better. They just they just know that supposedly their technology is better than what's out there. And in their defense, there was a time, where that was an accurate statement to make. Now, you have to go back a long time ago, many, many, many years ago, uh, where it was fair for broker dealers to say, oh, our technology is better than what you could get over there in that RIA model. And the reason that was accurate and the reason that was fair to say back then, and again, either folks haven't accepted the fact that it's changed or they're naive to the fact that it's changed, or again, they have ulterior motives to why they. They still uh, communicate to keep you from leaving. The reason it was it was accurate back in the day. The the largest firms will pick on the wirehouses, the most scale to invest and reinvest in their technology. Whereas the RIA market was back in the day was highly fragmented. So what I mean by that is, if you are a firm, if you are a large wirehouse firm. And you have 15,000 plus advisors, as an example, for when you put investment into your technology to build out new resources or to change things or whatever the case is, you, you have 15,000 advisors to spread that cost out over. So far. If, if a new feature is, is uh, demanded or, oh, hey, maybe we can tweak this tool or whatever the case is, You're going to have 15,000 users that you can effectively spread that cost out over because you're going to have 15,000 potential users of it. We're back in the day. And it was fair to say, again, back in the day, the RA model was so fragmented. There weren't as many users of any one particular technology that no one technology solution had that kind of economies of scale to spread the investment out over. And hence, they couldn't invest as much into the technology Uh, as these large firms could. So again, that was a fair argument to make, though. That has 180 degrees changed, though, because while there are still large firms that maybe have 10,000, 15,000 advisors, the RA model has grown so much, and some of the big technology players are now used by so many RAs, both small and very large, that now they have more users, in some cases, way more users than the fifteen thousand advisors uh, at one particular, you know, wirehouse firm have. So the economies of scale have completely changed, and so that argument, while valid back in the days, if you were going to use that argument back in the days, you have to accept that the argument now applies to the RIA model, not the broker-dealer model. So. Uh, just know at a high level kind of where the backstory of this question came from, that it was true back in the day that broker-dealer technology was better than RA technology. That has completely changed now primarily because of these economies of scale have shifted. And now with way more users with some of these technology solutions in the RA model, they actually have more users to spread cost out of so they can invest and reinvest more then the big wirehouses can justify having to make that investment spend. So just know that has fundamentally changed. So if you hear anyone say, oh, the technology is better than broker-dealer space, that is the old way of thinking. That is how it was back in the day, not how it is today. Now, with that kind of high-level just uh, timeline of how things have progressed, uh, I did want to just go into some of the additional kind of pros and cons of using broker-dealer technology versus RIA technology uh, and again as a quick reminder if you have not seen this separate episode I did on a uh, so-called RIA or third party technology stack so I encourage you to check out that episode if you haven't seen it uh, but in the RIA model the traditional not not uh, always the case but traditionally most RIAs set up to the, to where they have A third party technology stack. So they're using technology solutions that are separate from the custodian. They're not provided by the custodian, they are separate from the custodian. Now, there are some custodians whose value proposition is they do provide you a lot of the technology and they do have a technology layer into their offering. And and that could be worth your consideration as well. But for the sake of this episode, just understand most RAs set up with that third party technology stack that's separate from the custodian. And so when you look at the pros and cons, that's what I'm going to be referring to is about this kind of third party technology stack. And and just to give you an example of why one reason you might want that third party, and I've done an episode on this as well, is as an RIA, you might eventually be, as they say, multi-custodial. So you might have more than one custodian. So if if you were using the technology of a particular custodian, and that was your sole kind of technology source, It then makes it uh, a a less efficient practice if you're going to have another custodian and you have to use different technology for that approach. So hence, you have this kind of third-party technology stack that can can work with more than one custodian at the same time. And so your kind of user interface process stays the same no matter which custodian you use. Again, I've done episodes on being multi-custodial and how that process works, so you can check those out as well. But again, for the for the pros and cons, I'm about to go over just in the Ori model, I'm talking about having a third party technology stack. Uh, so to start with, I wanna talk about some of the cons of the broker dealer technology. I talked about how that investment spend has changed uh, but but I want to go through a, a couple more bulleted items as well. So the first one was that just that less economies of scale. They have less users, even though it's still a lot of users. They have less users to invest in their technology than 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 a lot of the big RA model technology providers have. Uh, the next one is in that broker dealer environment. So if you had a large broker dealer, uh, you're using generally proprietary technology of that broker dealer, particularly if it's warehouses. That's almost exclusively proprietary technology that that firm has built for themselves. The only users of that technology are their advisors. And that creates some uh, a number of issues. Uh, So for instance, again, there's that, okay, that can they afford to reinvest as much as other players can, but also you're now essentially your technology is wedded to that firm. So if you ever want to leave that firm, you can continue using none of that technology that is proprietary to them. Uh, And a particular example I'll give you that I'm not a fan of, if you can avoid it, is using a proprietary CRM of your firm. And the problem is, if you leave, if you go independent, if you go to the RM model, you can't take that CRM with you. You can't take that CRM data with you. And so that is a problem of using proprietary technology. It's the same thing if you have your clients in proprietary investment products of your firm that can't be brought elsewhere. Why do you think they do that? They don't want you to be able to leave and, and make it as easy to take those investments with you. So, just like I encourage you to strongly consider not using invest a uh, proprietary investment products, recognize the challenge of using proprietary technology. You can't take it with you, and even if you like it, you 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 can't take it with you. So that is a that is a con of. Uh, uh, broker dealer technology, and, and I'll get into how it's kind of different in the RA model here in a moment. Uh, but that's one item. Uh, next up is you can't uh, in that broker dealer model. Again, you're using that proprietary. You know, we could call it a tech stack that your your broker dealers provide, in. you can't easily add new technology tools that come up in the marketplace. That, that oh wow, this is a great new tool. Oh, I'd love to use that because again, typically these firms are set up that the only technology you're provided with and able to use, allowed to use, is the proprietary technology they have created. So if some cool new technology comes along, a technology provider, and, and that's happening all the time, there's now dozens upon dozens of FinTech tools out there. Typically, if you're in that that, that uh, broker-dealer world, particularly the wirehouse broker-dealer world, you're not allowed to use those extra tools unless and until your firm has fully vetted that tool, they've decided, not you, they've decided to let you use that tool and they've decided to somehow make, maybe integrate it with their proprietary technology. And the reality is that just doesn't happen all that often, if at all. Uh, I was recently talking to a to a smaller fintech company and they were rolling out some, this new software tool. And they, and they even said to me without me bringing it up or anything, they said, oh yeah, we're not even trying to get our product in front of broker dealer advisors because it's going to be too much of a process, too much of a headache, too much of a pain to try to get their broker dealer to approve it, let alone bring it on board for their advisors to use that they weren't even going to bother and even with maybe a broker dealer has 5 10 15,000 advisors, they're not even going to try because it's just not worth their effort. They they just see that the chance of that being approved the chance of it at least uh, approved and implemented will be years in the process if it even happens at all. So again, that's a challenge. As you hear about new technologies coming out, more than likely, your firm is not going to allow them and is never going to approve them. And if they do, it's going to be years after your competition and other models that can start using it right away have begun to be able to use it. So again, that's a challenge too, is being able to add new technology, new third-party tools in that broker-dealer model. And then the last part, uh, and this is not an exhaustive list, but the last kind of con of broker dealer technology is you have no pricing power over what you are paying for that technology. So make no mistake, part of what your firm, if you're at these large broker dealer firms, part of what they are providing for you is the technology, is that technology stack, their proprietary technology stack. Make no mistake, you are paying for that. And that's in the inverse of your payout. I talk about this a lot. Whatever your payout is, take the inverse. So what does the firm retain? That's effectively what you are paying the firm every year for all of the things they're providing for you. And out of fairness, they're maybe providing you with uh, an office, maybe a staff member, technology, things like that. So you are absolutely paying for technology now. It's just in the inverse of your payout. And the problem is you have no price and leverage over what you should pay for technology. So whether you want to use all of the technology provided very little of the technology provider, whatever the case is, you have no ability to try to maybe lower your cost or manage your cost because it's just bundled up into your payout. Again, the inverse of your payout, you have no control over that. You'll see here in a second how that's different in the RIA world. So again, a couple cons, a couple challenges with that broker dealer technology to be aware of. Now on the flip side, we go over the RIA model, you can imagine some of these are going to be the opposite. So just to run through a couple of the pros, of using the RIA model technology, the RIA model technology approach. Uh, So the first one, in particular, if you start your own RIA, is optionality. You can use whatever technology you want to use. And again, there's dozens of FinTech solutions out there. You can go out in the marketplace, and if you like a technology, you don't have to ask your firm if you can use it. You don't have to wait for your firm to decide how long it's gonna take them to implement it, if they ever do. You, You don't have to do anything if you like the technology, you do a demo, you you meet the team, you figure out the pricing, you do it, you sign up, it is your technology, you implement it. And There's certain things you, you want to make sure that okay, does it integrate with maybe other tools you're using or your custodian. So there's a, you know, a couple of logistical things to it. But if it's out there, and you like it in the RM model, you can use whatever you want, you don't need anyone's permission to, to use anything. And, and one of my favorite things, and this is the most minor little example here, But it's just a tool as simple as like a schedule and application like a Calendly that is that that has been around for so long. It will make your life so much easier to be able to coordinate with clients and prospective clients and let them pick times that are convenient for them to schedule time to chat with you. And then most in large firms, you can't even use a simple tool like a Calendly because, again, it hasn't gone through all these approval processes, and they haven't they haven't agreed to it in the RA world. Maybe that's something you don't want to use, but if you do, you simply sign up and start using it. It is there for your choosing. So again, much more optionality in the RIA space. Um, Next, kind of along with that is as you build out your tech stack, as you build out all these technology solutions you're going to use uh, in that RIA space, if over time you wanted to change part of that technology stack, either replace something or, or, again, add something new to it, you have the ability to do that again whenever you want, however you want. You don't need anyone's permission. You don't have to wait. You can make that change. Now, to be clear, most of the time, uh, some of the some of the bigger pieces, some of the bigger components of an RA technology stack, you wouldn't want to just be replacing at will because there there, there is disruption to that and all kinds of kind of logistical issues with it. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to give the impression. Oh yeah, once a year you'll you'll change your financial planning software or anything like that the optionality is there that if some particular provider does not keep up with the marketplace, does not keep up with competition, you have the ability to change them out to use a different provider. Again, you don't have that optionality in the in the broker deal space. you are using their proprietary technology. So keep in mind what that means in the RIA space, if you are one of those fintech providers and you know your users, Can easily, if they wanted to switch to one of your competitors, you are then motivated because for your existence to constantly evolve the product and make it competitive and make it appealing for your advisors, your clients to keep using and want to retain, they want to retain you as their client. So that is an entirely different kind of competitive landscape than again, that proprietary, all bundled approach in the broker-dealer space. Uh, next up from the from the pros of the R.A. model is along with that optionality is, again, pricing uh, competition. So, so I kind of alluded to this. But again, when uh, perhaps you're looking for a CRM or you're looking for a financial planning tool or you're looking for a portfolio management tool, there are multiple, multiple, multiple providers in each of those categories. And so they have to be price competitive. They can't just set a price that they want to set. And just forget what they what the rest of the market is providing. And so, as you search out these tools, you can look at multiple different solution providers for a particular application. Uh, and obviously, price alone is not the only variable you want. You want good value. You want a, the the tool to be able to meet the needs of what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but, but price is important. What the cost of that's going to be. And so, you have the ability to to essentially control your cost on that. That if one provider wants twice as much as the next, and 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 the value each would provide is re- relatively similar. You have control over that pricing uh, process and who you are going to select and what you're willing to pay for it. Again, you have no control when you're when it's all bundled up in your payout, and, the, and they don't have anyone to compete with. They only their only competition is themselves, and they know that even if you don't like the price of the proprietary tech stack that you're effectively paying or you don't like the applications they've built out, you have no ability, like I just said, to switch something out. You have no ability to add something. You have no ability to try to negotiate pricing. They know the only thing you can do is leave the firm altogether, which for some of you and many of you possibly over your career will do that. will go to maybe an independent approach, the RA model and will have all of that control, but make no mistake. That is a big process. That is a big transition. And so they know that that, that they can kind of squeeze you on the, the flexibility, the economics of that, because unless maybe other things are also an issue for you too, or the other reasons you want to go to the RIA model, you might not ever leave. So they don't have that same uh, marketplace competition that the RIA model has, and that's to your benefit in the RA model. When firms have to compete against each other, that's what leads to innovation. That's what leads to competitive pricing. You want them competing for your business. You do not have that market environment in proprietary broker-dealer technology world. Uh, And then the last bullet I'll make or or the last thing I wanted to mention, again, a, a pro for the RA space is keep in mind, the kind of uh, legacy background behind these two technology paths. So in that broker-dealer world, as we call them broker-dealers, now all these large firms, uh, the wirehouse firms, they are both, they're usually duly registered broker-dealers and RIAs. Uh, coincidentally, uh, most or a large part, if not now more, a majority of the assets are actually on the fee-based side of the house, the RIA side of the house. But make no mistake, they are legacy broker-dealer firms. That's why we still call them broker-dealer firms. For decades, they've been broker-dealer firms. They were started primarily or solely as a broker-dealer. They didn't even offer fee-based solutions. So the the decades of legacy infrastructure, technology, personnel that is building and maintaining that technology in the broker-dealer side, all was born from a broker-dealer mindset, which is fine because at the time... That was all built. That was the the, uh, the mainstream model in the marketplace was that broker-dealer model. The problem for the big firms is the wind has changed. The world has moved. The industry has shifted now to more and more fee-based approach to, to working with clients. And their legacy technology was built on a broker-dealer mindset. So these firms are having to spend a lot of money to evolve those solutions, those applications to support a more fee based model of working with clients, and and yes, they are making progress with that. But there there is a difference there when you're when you've essentially built a house, you've built a foundation, and now you have to rebuild the house while in place, and because because times have changed. Compare that in the RIA space, the the tools you would be using as a third party RA technology stack are not reinventing themselves at all. These were tools that were built from the start to cater to the RIA marketplace. There is no legacy infrastructure. There is no legacy way of thinking. There is no legacy personnel that have been there for 20 plus years that, that are have the mindset of what you can do in the broker dealer world. No, these were all born with RIA in mind from day one. Everything about how they've been built is to accommodate the fee-based advisor. So just think about it. Much of those technologies just at that layer alone is most likely to, to provide the specific needs of a fee-based advisor to be nimble to the change in needs of a fee-based uh, advisor. And you, you can tell the difference. One side is essentially this giant cargo ship trying to turn the cargo ship around and head in another direction. It's this big lumbering rusted uh, cargo ship trying to turn around. The other are these little speed boats that were started from scratch to accommodate the RIA model Just think about the ability for these firms to innovate and what they've been able to accomplish so far, knowing their background. So that's just a a, a couple comparisons of broker-dealer technology to RIA technology. Again, to be fair, years ago, decades ago, the broker-dealers did have the edge. They did have the advantage. It was fair for them to say their technology was better. That world has changed. That is a It is a, a, a misconception for anyone to tell you that the broker-dealer technology is better than the RIA model technology. Again, that is people either telling you that because they don't want you to leave and go into the independent space, or they simply just don't understand it themselves either. Feel free to send them to this episode if you'd like to educate that on that. I think that would be quite eye-opening for them to realize. But there are usually ulterior motives for why someone might tell you the broker-dealer technology is better. It was at one point, it no longer is. So just something to be aware of as you consider, you know, hey, should I be looking at this RIA model? How is it different? Again, technology is a big uh, a differentiator between that RIA model and maybe the broker-dealer legacy model you might be at now. Uh, so with that, like I said, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RIA. This is the kind of conversation I have with advisors all day long. It's talking about, hey, where are you now with your practice? What kind of firm are you at? What kind of model are you you at? Is this RIA model something you should be looking at? How is it different? How does it work? How do things like technology work in the RIA space compared to what you have now? That's just one of the variables involved in, in looking at a comparison. And that's something, again, I help advisors with daily is understanding all this and understanding all the different options they have. Uh, so certainly happy to have that conversation with you as well again if you head to transition 2 ria.com you'll find uh, again this entire series in video format audio format i have articles i have white papers and then the easiest thing to do is at the top of every page is a contact link you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule time to have a one-on-one conversation with me. Whether you want to talk about today's topic or anything else RIA related, I'm happy to have that conversation with you. Again, transition to RIA.com. And with that, I hope you found value in today's episode and I'll see you on the next one.